0: love talk radio mommy I hear the baby crying help me are the words she's in time where have I been Well my world has been died Lord be Am I sleeping while my savior is dying?
1: Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host this evening. If you need to call in, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. You can always check out the website at www.prayerinternational.org.
2: Well, you know, none but Jesus. We're just kind of stuck on that song the last couple nights. You know, it's what it's all about. You know, crucified to set me free. Are you free? Has the blood of Christ set you free? Do you know him? Is the longing of your heart, is the passion of your heart,
1: is the cry of your heart none but Jesus? Do you get to a place in your life where nothing satisfies you except the presence of God? Are you at a place in your life where nothing moves you or motivates you except for God's approval? And when you know you're doing things that
2: break God's heart, does it affect you? This is Christianity. This is a relationship with God.
1: It's not just a theology. It's not just a Bible lesson. It's a real relationship with the living Christ where you are fascinated and overtaken with a hunger and a passion to not only hear his words, to not only hear his voice, and have an ongoing dialogue, an ongoing conversation with God, but you actually are concerned about the thoughts that are on his mind and the feelings and the emotions, the longings of his
2: heart. What what pleases him? What disturbs him? What offends him? What brings him joy and pleasure? And as you're pursuing this path of
1: Christianity, realize it's more than just a path. It's more than just a
2: quest for truth or knowledge because really truth is a person and his name is Jesus and knowledge is nothing more than the fruit and the production of an all-knowing God And like Christ
1: said, it's me that you're looking for. The scriptures, the Bible, it points to me,
2: Christ, none but Jesus. And there's no other way, there's no other name by which men can be saved except the name of Jesus. To many of you that listen to this broadcast, because we are
1: labeled and listed under spirituality. And listen, you can have all the spiritual experiences you want, but if it's Mm -hmm. void of the Holy Spirit, if it's void of the Spirit of Christ,
2: it's not a true encounter. And it will not weigh in eternity. See what God brings into your life, what God brings into my life.
1: The ability of God to bring into your life is
2: eternal, it's everlasting, it has value, it bears fruit. When the enemy comes in, he'll rob from you, he'll take from you. Your life will be wasted truly wasted and although you may feel like you've wasted your life on God's
1: kingdom listen there's nothing wasted in the kingdom of God all things
2: work together for the good all things work together for the good for those that are in Christ Jesus listen you have no idea what God has in store for you, child of God. Do you want to know why many people don't apprehend and don't get a hold of the things that God has prepared for them? They don't listen to God. Do you know why? Because Seeking God has become nothing more than a discipline or a legalism or a law. There's no joy in it. There's no joy in it. For many people, the sap and the the life, the joy of the Lord is not their strength anymore because they have no joy in their walk. They have no joy in their expression of God. They have no joy in their day-to-day life. The Bible says for the Christian that the joy of the Lord is our strength, which means when you go through this life
1: without the joy of the Lord, You can get weary, weary, weary in well-doing. You can faint. You can get a, a, a fainting spirit, a weary spirit where you get dulled down
2: and you just don't have the drive or the motivation that you once had. You know, it's like when you've got wood that's
1: on fire. And eventually the fire burns out. But for a while, the the fire is more like an ember. The the wood is more like an ember, just glowing, still very hot. But over a period of time, if you don't prod it and stoke it and put more file, fire wood on it, more kindling
2: on it, more for some of you charcoal fluid, if you're Let's say if you're grilling, you get the picture. You know, Jesus said in the last days, the hearts of many will
1: wax cold. Jesus said he had something against the Laodicean church. Many of the churches in the book of Revelations he said the one that grieved them the most was the one that left their first love. Oh, they had faith. They had miracles. They had all the do's and don'ts down that their hearts had grown cold away from the Lord. They'd
2: lost their joy. They'd lost their passions. So we need our joy back. How do we get our joy back? You know, when you obey God, miracles are released.
1: The Bible says in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. So how do we get our joy back?
2: We get in the presence of God. We get in the presence of God. And I don't mean just a tangible feeling or some elation or some emotion. Although that's all good. We need those things. Let's look at what Jesus said in the 15th chapter of the book of John about joy. We're going to just read Jesus talks about his relationship
1: with his people. And listen, what births true joy, what brings true, true joy in your heart is going to be birthed out of your relationship with Christ.
2: Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And if the joy of the Lord is your strength, if you want to be strong
1: in the Lord, and in the power of his mind. If you want to be strong and confident in God,
2: then you're going to have to have a life that, that has joy. So chapter 15. It says, I, Jesus is talking
1: here. He says, I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the husband the gardener, the vine dresser. Verse 2, Every branch that is in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth
2: fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide
1: in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine, no more can you. Except you abide in me, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do
2: nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered.
1: And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned But if you abide in me and my word abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you now listen to that if you abide in me and we're getting to the joy part we're getting there but we're building up to something you see how how do we get our joy how by being in the presence of the Lord. But how do we stay there?
2: Because God says, but if you worship me in spirit and in truth,
1: God seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in
2: truth. And as we worship him, sing and praise Glorify our God. Listen. He makes a statement. He told David.
1: He said, look, don't offer your sacrifices and your offerings unto me if your heart's not right with me. Was he saying? Don't praise me. Don't sit there and desire me to come, desire my presence, desire my glory, desire my goodness
2: if we haven't made our peace yet. Listen to what Jesus says. We'll get back to that.
1: This is how my Father is glorified and you bear much fruit and you shall be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, verse 10, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that you,
2: these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. What does he say? I told you these things so that my joy would remain in you. This is how God's joy remains in you. And that your joy might be full. That your joy might be full.
1: And that it might remain in you. In other words, it can't be taken from you. It's not a joy that's motivated by all these external, outside circumstances and forces. It's a joy that remains in you. And it's a joy that's full. Jesus said it's full to overflowing. And it's so full and it's so in you. As it begins to stir up and overflow, it begins to strengthen you. And not only you, but it begins to strengthen others. What is it? It's the spirit of the Holy Ghost. It's the spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of joy. It's the fruit of the spirit of God called joy. And Jesus said, if I am in you, and you are in me, and my word abides in you, and you remain in my word, and you do, and you keep my commandments, then
2: I will remain in you, and whatever you ask shall be granted, it shall be done unto you. It says, continue in my love and keep my commandments. And if you keep my commandments, then you'll
1: abide in me. You'll abide in my love. We'll be walking together. We'll have true communion, true relationship because we're at peace and we're
2: in harmony. And then my spirit will remain in you. My spirit will bring a joy.
1: And it'll stay in you and no one can take it from you. Why? because it's not based on external circumstances. It's based on an internal, not only just a one-time experience,
2: although it's definitely based on the one-time experience of being born again. But there's continual fillings and continual
1: callings and drawings, and there's continual baptisms of the Holy Spirit where the Spirit of God will come into your life and begin to impress on your life a call and a mandate and a purpose and a sense of destiny and with that will come instructions and with that will come commandments and with that will come direction.
2: And as you remain in His Word, as you begin to walk that word out, as you begin
1: to declare and decree what the Lord is speaking unto you, and you begin to step out and begin to do
2: those things, it brings a joy because you remain in his love, because you're keeping his commandments, because you love him. He
1: that loves me, if you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus
2: said. And when you love
1: him, and when you have
2: a joy When seeking God is a pleasure. When seeking God is an excitement. When seeking God is a desire
1: and not such a discipline. And not such a drudgery. See, we reduced God to a work, to a labor. Although it, it may be labor at times. But we've reduced our experience with God to a labor. We've reduced our experience with God to a formula. We've reduced our experience with God to a list of do's and don'ts and and a, a standard, which almost becomes a, a man-pleasing thing and not a God-pleasing thing. Instead of just loving God, instead of just seeking God, instead of living a life that is pleasing unto God. And when we miss it, and when we blow it, when we mess it up, we feel it. And when God grieves, we know it. And when we've broken God's heart, it breaks our hearts. It affects us when God's affected by our actions and our behavior and our speech. And we can't just do business as usual anymore.
2: That's when you know you've been marked by the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit prods you and impresses upon you,
1: wait a minute now, you're crossing a line here. And I'm starting to get offended with this. Better think about your actions. You better repent and turn this around. You see, when we begin to walk with the Spirit of God, when we begin to walk with the Spirit of Christ, when the Holy Spirit begins to direct us as the Father sees fit, so we begin to align ourselves with this Word, to make sure that things that we do and say and feel and think and act are pleasing to God and not an offense to His kingdom or Him or His people. It's one thing to offend the world because of righteousness and because of a kingdom standard in your life. It's another thing to offend the Holy Spirit and God's people. We need to check ourselves. Like like the old saying, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself sometimes we have to keep ourselves in check Paul said it like this he says examine yourself judgment begins in the house of God and you need to examine yourself." he says if there's anything going on in your mind there examine yourself and cast down every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God why? Because if you don't have a proper image of God, you're not going to have
2: a proper image of yourself and people. And if you don't have a proper perspective
1: on who God is and a proper understanding, then you're not going to have the joy.
2: Because the joy comes from the love of God. And if you don't have that part down, well, then the joy of the Lord will not be your strength. But if you
1: get that part down, if you get that fascination, that passion, that burning desire, just a hunger for the things of God, a desire for the Word of God, where nothing else satisfies none but Jesus,
2: He says, so that your joy will remain and your joy will be full. And it's an everlasting fountain, joy unspeakable. God says, they'll go out with joy. They'll be led forth in peace. And he wants you happy. He wants you joyful. But it's a product, it's a produce, it's a fruit. You know where you find fruit? In the produce section. Joy is a fruit that's produced as a result of being yielded and guided and obedient to the Holy Spirit. We need the presence of God. He says, hey,
1: if if I'm in the midst, if two or more are gathered in my name.
2: He says, I'm inhabiting the praise of my people from so before my presence was singing. With thankfulness, thankfulness, about the thankfulness.
1: Hallowed be your name. Jesus said, Say it this way Hallowed be your name. Set him apart. Hallow him. Honor him.
2: Worship him. Sanctify him wholly above every other name. Jesus says this, he says, these things I've spoken to you, verse 11 of
1: chapter 15 of the book of John, gospel of John, Jesus, these things have I spoken to you that your joy might remain and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. Listen to this. Jesus says, okay, you got these 10 commandments, but this is my commandment. don't you think this might be important here? That you love one another as I have loved you. This is it. Love
2: one another just like I loved you. Wow. Really? You mean that's it? That's the D commandment? He says, greater love
1: does no man have than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if
2: you do whatever I command you. Wow, really? Jesus says you're you're my friend if you do what I tell you. You're my friend if you do what I command you. There it is. The fifteenth chapter Verse 14, 15, fourteen. And fifteen says I call you servants for a servant.
1: I don't call you a servant because the servant doesn't know what his Lord does. But I've called you friends. For all things I've I've heard of my Father, I've made known to you. Jesus says, look, I'm letting you in on the secret. I'm letting you in on the stuff. I don't just want you to serve me. I want you to know what's going on on the inside here. I want you to know what's going on in my heart. I want you to know what's going on in my mind. I want you to know what's going on in, in the Father's heart.
2: And the Holy Spirit's going to tell you all about it. That's what he's saying. I don't just want
1: you to be servants and slaves. Be my friends. But listen, if you're going to be my friends, you're going to honor and, and, and we're going to have an understanding here that if I tell you
2: something, you need to honor it. It says, for all things I have heard of my Father, I have made none of you. Verse
1: 16, you have not chosen me. You didn't choose me. You weren't the one. You, You thought you walked the aisle and prayed the prayer. You thought you were the one that knelt down. Listen, you didn't choose me. I have chosen
2: you. I chose you. I drew you. I called you. My spirit drew you. Because no one can come to God with the spirit drawing. See,
1: Jesus is telling you. He's reinforcing these words right here. I didn't choose you.
2: You didn't choose me. I chose you, rather. Sorry. And I ordained you. What? Listen. I, I think it's wonderful when we have
1: Five full of ministers and presbyteries and people honoring and praying and, and settling in, setting in a man or a woman of God into a place of leadership or a place of position. That's good. That's good stuff. And a lot of times it is. Sometimes it's not good. But Jesus said, Look, I ordained you. I ordained you. And listen, when Jesus put his seal of approval on you by the Holy Spirit, it, it didn't matter what any man thought at that moment. It didn't matter what any woman thought at that moment. What any person thought about you at that moment, it doesn't matter whether you have their approval or not. If you have God's approval and you have
2: God's ordination upon your life, And why? Why did he do this? Why did he
1: choose you? Why did he ordain you? Why did he seal you with his spirit? Why did he speak to you and love you and tell you to go love others? Why? He says that you should go, verse 16, that you should go and bring
2: forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain. What does that mean?
1: What does a tree do that reproduces fruit? What does the seed out of the fruit do? Reproduces a tree that reproduces the fruit. And Jesus says, look, I'm your example. There's no greater love than this. This is what you do. This is what I do. So
2: this is what you do. Now go tell others, this is what they do. You'll produce fruit. And let your fruit remain.
1: And let your joy remain. And let the love remain. And let my spirit remain. Because the only thing that's going to remain in the last day is my word and my spirit and everything else is going to pass away and fade away. The only thing that's going to
2: matter in your life and in my life is what did we do with his word, with his spirit,
1: with his charge in our lives, that love relationship, that love of God Did we go out and share it? Did we give it? Did we tell others this is what we do? This
2: is who we are. This is who God is. This is how we're supposed to be. So let me finish up here. Chapter 15. These things I command you that you love one another. Verse 17 and 18, here we go. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love
1: love you just like it's own. If you were of the world, Jesus said, look, you're not of the world anymore. You don't do things like the world does anymore. In fact, once you start doing things like I tell you, they're going to hate you.
2: People will hate you. That's okay, just keep loving them, keep loving them, keep loving them. He says, because you are not of the world, I've chosen you out of the world,
1: therefore the world has hated you. Verse 20, remember the word that I said unto you, a servant is not greater than his Lord. they persecuted me, they
2: will persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But
1: all things they will do unto you for my name's sake
2: because they know not him that sent me. He's saying, look, if they believed me because of the spirit that's in me, that same spirit's
1: on you, they're going to believe you. But listen, if they if they persecuted me there's going to be seasons and times in your life where you're going to be persecuted. If they hated me, there's going to be seasons and times in your life where they're going to hate you.
2: But don't worry, you keep telling them because at some point they're going to turn. They're going to respond to the word. 22, he says, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now
1: they have no cloak for their sin. He says, look, until I gave them the word, until I was the like that exposed their darkness, they didn't even know they had darkness. They didn't even know they were sinners until I came and just messed their party up and pulled the cloak
2: off of them and exposed their nakedness. That's what he's saying here. He that hateth me hateth my father also.
1: If I had not done among them the works which no other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father. But this come to pass, that the
2: word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. He said, Listen, There's going to be times when people are going to hate me without a cause. They're going to hate you without a cause. Jesus said they're going to hate us even for no reason. People are just going to be crappy to you. Yeah, I said it. Ugly to you. Just treat you like garbage.
1: And when they're done using you, just throw you away and forget about you. But you know what Jesus said? Bless those that curse
2: you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. That's what he says. Verse 26 and 27. Here we go. Last
1: two verses of 15, and this is the good one. The promise of the Holy Ghost. When the Comforter has come, I will send unto you from the Father the Spirit of truth, the Father and he will testify of me and
2: you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning we'll get into the promise of the Holy Spirit tomorrow night listen
1: this is the deal
2: just give your heart to the Lord trust the Lord let him put a joy in your heart that's birthed out of a love relationship, birthed out of an obedient heart, birthed out of a
1: a desire. And the joy of the Lord will work in your life, and it'll be in you, and no one can take it from you, and it'll remain, and it'll be so full, it'll be overflowing, joy
2: unspeakable, and you won't even know why you're having joy. it will become your strength. Father, in Jesus' name, give them joy. Give them a heart to love you.
1: We praise your holy name. Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Provide daily bread. Heal their bodies. Heal their finances. Their homes, their marriages. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: This is Prayer International Radio. We'll be back tomorrow night. Have a wonderful night.